Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to News from the Krabby Coffee Shop with your host, Don McLean, from Jason and Alexis in the Morning on My Talk 1071, Garage Logic's newsman, Mr. FYI, John Height, and the crabbiest guy in the coffee shop, Kenny Olson. Ducks, geese, pheasants, grouse, crows, squirrels, rabbits, uh, raccoon, coyote, deer, elk. Moose, if you're going after any of those this fall, hunting season's open, by the way. You already know that. Keep DK my, um, mags at the top of your mind. They can outfit you for all of your hunting needs uh, as far as firearms go, as far as ammunition goes. They can do it all. Also, if you just like going to the range, uh, going to the range is actually a lot of fun. Uh, you'll get all the ammo, range ammo you need from DK Mags, Monticello Pond and Gun. They have the same thing. And both of those organizations have gunsmithing. So if you've got something old from the uncle or the grandpa and you know, you're know you worried about it and you don't want to take it out and shoot it for the first time in 80 years, bring her over to DK Mags, whatever the situation may be. They can help you out. Great selection, fair prices. Uh, and a wonderful staff. You'll get them both at Monticello Pawn and Gun and DK Mags in New Brighton. Wonderful website, dkmags.com. Okay, where are we going here? I've got a lot of stories, and I don't know what to do first. Um, by the way, hi, Don. Hi. Hello, John. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Don. Un- unfortunately, hi. Ross couldn't be with us today because he's a <laughs> bastard. And uh, so we've got a silent producer today who's oh, very new wow. new at the, the job, and uh, uh, he's he does a really good job. Is it, yeah, he does a really good job, and we're glad he's here. Good luck on that silence part. <laughs> oh God, Ross, why do you hate me so much? I I could say the same about you. Today is the first day I sense you're actually angry and disenfranchised with me so i apologize oh, for I anything that i've done you're focusing too much on me you gotta i mean reavers well who are you mad at because no, you're crabby he's angry about what i do on the garage logic social media and i go after reavers too reavers has had caption contests joe has had caption con- contests john has had caption contests you're just the one that's the most gregarious recently in the last week where you have let yourself open Ooh. to the ridicule how did you know i was gregarious i haven't come out of the closet with that <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you what? like a, ge- a guy named greg <laughs> the hell does gregarious <laughs> mean i love i love the word gregarious and by the way kenny i only poke fun at you because i enjoy you and i know you're strong enough to fight off anything that the masses send your way the smoking is killing me it, it really is. And I tried to quit again this morning, and it didn't oh, work. My. Uh, and, and it's all I've been thinking about. Even while you were yapping there, I have no idea what you're thinking about because I was thinking about having another smoke. You just finished one like 30 yeah. seconds ago. Exactly. Oh, it, it, buddy. Smoking is the only reason I get out of bed in the morning, and, and it, wow. pretty soon I'm not going to be able to get out of the bed. Stop it. <clears throat> That's on. not true. Turn up my mic and cough. Oh, for <laughs> the love of God. It's Here really getting go. bad. But look at... The reason I bring this up, because there's a really cool piece in the local paper. There's a little, always a little section. It comes out once a week. It's a piece of crap. Um, <laughs> the only thing good... Yeah, the no, serious, Don. It, it's a what piece is of crap. It? It's, a, it's, an art, it's a section a, in the paper? No, it's just a little newspaper oh. devoted to the west uh, end of Krabby County, where I live. We're all Krabby oh, up here. Oh, okay. And there's two good things about this newspaper. One is the police blotter, which is really long. They print everything that's happened in the past two weeks. Oh, no, you can't get away with anything there. Right. No, no, you will be in the paper. And then the other one is this short little history section called Now and Then. And they always start 120 years ago. And this was in this week or last week's 120 years ago, What Cigarette Tobacco Is. Now, remember, this is in the 1902 time, okay. uh, time frame cool. uh, mindset. 
A traveling man in town the other day said, A boy or man who will smoke a cigarette will do almost anything else. Uh, I used to be connected with a cheap tobacco house, and I know what cigarette tobacco is made of. Mm -hmm. In nearly all the saloons, the floors are spread with sawdust, which can be swept out when it becomes filled with dirt, (laughs) spilt liquor, cigarette ends, and tobacco spit, thus keeping the floor clean. Well, this sawdust is sacked up, sent to tobacco (laughs) manufacturers, who, with very little change, grind it up and sell it for cigarette tobacco. Oh, a come man, on. A man who smokes it gets about a pound of real tobacco out of 100 pounds of the worst kind of trash. It will kill anybody. Wow. I'd rather have the battery acid in the current form than, oh than that. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen any of those TV commercials where they show ex-smokers and they're, like, missing... The oh. whole lower jaw. Yeah. They make me uncomfortable. And I can sit there and pound a cigarette while I don't smoke cigarettes. They're cheap-ass cigars. Uh, but I could pound those while watching that. I, I've got to quit this. It's driving me crazy, both mentally and physically. Okay. Do you want the book? I think I do, Don. Okay. This You've... is the book, Stop Smoking Now. That's what it's called. It's by Alan Carr. And every person that I've given it to has stopped smoking. Is it is it like um, scared straight? What is it? So what? this guy smoked a hundred cigarettes a day. That the guy would who be wrote it five packs. Yes. Okay. It's okay. a British guy. All right. He figured out how to stop smoking. There you go. Alan Carr. Alan Carr, but not the British. Comedian Alan Carr. There's okay. another you, Alan Carr. It's you, you just a, there's there. a lot of different versions of it, but just get the one that is um, "Stop Smoking Now." Yeah, and um, they he just there's a lot of other. Don't get don't get turned off by all the other stop doing things that <laughs> his family has written about, like stop eating too much. Stop no stop smoking now without gaining weight. That's what it says and. Uh, Richard Branson, like it's celebrity, which, you know, who cares? Celebrities have done it and it's endorsed by them. It's been on the bestseller list for, you know, a long time. And um, he tells you to smoke throughout the whole book. He says, smoke while you read this. Oh, and then he even jokes to you about a third of the way through. He's like, I know that you're only reading a paragraph a day. Because you're afraid to quit smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he smokes he 100 me. cigarettes a day. He also yeah. says that you can't take somebody through a hospital and show them people with their jaws coming off or right. people dying of lung cancer. It doesn't right. work. No. Okay? No, it doesn't no. work to tell people how bad it is for them. It doesn't work. I mean, there are interviews with people in there, like a woman whose kid is dying of cancer. Okay? Oh, and she is still smoking. Because she's so nervous and so upset that she has to leave all the time and go outside of the hospital and smoke. So oh. even that isn't going to make you quit smoking. No. And he has the way to do it. And it's a very, very repetitive. It's mm. like you're reprogramming your mind when you read it. You have to acknowledge that you're going to read the same thing over and over, which is this is easy. Uh, um, and um, it's it's mental. Okay, so, uh, good. So he's not going to recommend any of these substitutes because I've tried no, the gum. No, no, he doesn't tried... want you. No, that's okay. worse for you. Yeah. Don't do that. It prolongs the process. Not only is it worse for you, I, when I was doing the lozenges, I was also smoking. Yeah. When I was doing the patches, I was also smoking. Yeah. And all it does is make the nicotine better. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. getting better weed or better yeah. heroin or better whiskey, whatever it is you're addicted to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this guy had it bad. And so by the end of it, honestly, because I read the book, I used to smoke. Yeah. If my mom listens, she'll be like, I always knew that. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you can't hide it. Yeah. You know, and that's a great, and my mom is the same way. She knows I smoke, but she never says anything yeah. because I stink. I mean, my truck yeah. stinks. You think you Everything don't I have stinks. Because you're, you're immune to it, and it doesn't matter if you blow the smoke away out a window or if you right. put perfume on, you yeah. stink. So you're smoking throughout the whole book, and it becomes so repulsive to you that by the time you're on the last chapter in the last five pages, he's like, light your last cigarette, and it makes you sick to do it. And you get through it, and you don't want to, and you feel like puking by the end. So I know I'm promising a lot. 
from that, and I hope that I haven't promised too much. But honestly, I haven't had anybody tell me that they didn't quit after reading this. Okay, let's continue with my therapy work here. Um, I have successfully almost quit accidentally twice in the past month. Uh, One day, I went a whole day without, I got up late for some reason, which Mm -hmm. is odd, didn't have any coffee, didn't have any smokes, didn't leave the house, and didn't miss either one. Okay. was just laid back and watching movies. Uh, and then last week, I went till about 1 o'clock in the afternoon without realizing I hadn't smoked, but again, hadn't left the house. Yeah, you didn't have any outward stimuli mm-hmm. to drive you to smoke. Right. Okay? Nothing was bothering you because you were encased in your cocoon. That's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to just hunker down. No. I mean, you can at the at the beginning if you want to. Don, I just need to get through the first eight Couple hours. Of, yeah, yeah, you can. You can. Uh, last night, I was so angry at smoking because I felt so bad, and I was coughing, and it was gross, that there was no way in hell I was going to smoke today. But guess what? I had three left. I know. So I killed them. See, and, this... and then I went into town, and I got five more. Yeah. it's. I definitely know what you mean. I do, because I've been there. And I would like the people that listen to this stupid podcast to help me out here by not saying one damn thing. You know what really doesn't work for me? See? Positive reinforcement and encouragement. That good luck BS, that you can Come do on, it BS, that I'm it. pulling for you BS. No, I Shut get it. your mouth. That makes me angry. <laughs> and, and if he's angry, he wants to smoke. So don't yes. do it. So just ignore it. Yep. Yeah. But if you're out there struggling, please get that book. You can order it online. It's like, like if $14. I have nose ha- really long nose hairs, you don't yeah. say anything about that. Consider this Kenny's really long nose hairs. Okay. I think I've exhausted. Oh, Mike, the guy I'm helping out with the farm, he's got this re- brand new, beautiful John Deere tractor that I've been driving. He calls me over the radio a couple of days ago and says, uh, hey, uh, could you not smoke in there? And I just started laughing. Because it's like, Mike, I've already had about 200 cigars in here. I go, you can't be serious. That's the only reason I get out of bed is to smoke. And he goes, well, it really stinks, and I'll never get that smell out. Yeah. Um, So since then. smell is, uh, oh, yeah, it it lasts forever. Let me tell you a stink story. Uh, See, this isn't going to help him either, but go ahead. Before they got rid of uh, cigarettes and bars, uh, yeah, I was gigging pretty much every weekend. Yeah. Put the guitar in the case at the end of the night. The next day, you'd open the case, and it smelled so so and bad. A f- there's a f- even though you might not see it, there's a film of grease on it. Mm-hmm. It makes everything oh. greasy. Inside, the inside your of windshield. My- oh God, that's just gross. You can put your finger up and smear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slime. You can, it's like cooking oil almost. Yeah. All right. Um, I really, really hate big pumpkins. Oh God, I love this transition. <laughs> you do. I, I have, I have a post-it note from yesterday, Dawn. Yeah. D- does purple rain hold up? And big pumpkin. And now is the season for big pumpkin stories. And for some reason, <laughs> starting this year, every time I see one of these big pumpkin stories, I get enraged. Yeah, of course. Everybody else yeah. is delighted by big pumpkins. Why? But Kenny hates what is it. the? What's the? What is the attraction with these big pumpkins the size of a car? It because you think aspirationally that you could one day, I mean, for me, I'm like, I could do that if I learned how, you know, and then I could add it to the list of weird stuff I've done. But these guys, they're now like pumpkin pros. It's not like grandma that accidentally grew a big, huge pumpkin, you know, the size of like, say, a laundry basket. These guys are doing it indoors under lights with chemicals just to beat a record. And that pisses me off. And they also get up in the middle of the night to do the feeding, which is a lot like Little Shop of Horrors to me. Yeah. I, I started reading this yesterday on Garage Logic, the Anoka fella who now has the world's record. And Kenny stopped me because he was so do angry. He said, we're <laughs> going to deal, deal with that on the Krabby Coffee do, Shop. Do you happen to have that story handy? Uh, yeah. Tr- try sure. to find that because he's I got not. It. I got it. He's not the only one. I'm seeing stories from all over the country with these bastards that think they've got a world record pumpkin. <laughs> and, and I just, you know what I want to do? I want to drive them over in the middle of the night. They really, really make me angry, and I you, cannot explain this anger. Go ahead, John. You want to drive over the pumpkins or the people? Oh, not the people, no. Oh, okay, good. No. Um, I'd be worried yeah. there for What about head. the ones, I just learned about this this year. They carve them out and they float them. They're boats. 
Did you know about this? Wow. No. Okay. Oh, they this... just did it. They just did it on the St. Croix River in Stillwater. It's a race. Oh, and they're in the boat and they have a paddle. And they're in their <laughs> just. It's a pumpkin boat? <laughs> yeah, pumpkin boats. They're yeah. in the pumpkin. They're in the pumpkin and they're racing each other in their big pumpkins. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I'm looking Do at we pictures not have right a... now. This is why cell phones and the internet was invented, so you didn't have to do this dumb, ridiculous crap. Alexis Thompson no. went to the race. Did she really? <laughs> of course oh, she and did. I know Alexis enough. She is such a wonderful human being. I know. She absolutely loved it, didn't she? Um, she was frustrated because the guy with the biggest pumpkin, it was like a thousand pound pumpkin, they couldn't get him upright. He kept taking on water and they had to try to get him (laughs) afloat and then they gave up and so he couldn't be in it so it was down to four people racing so they waited forever and the poor dj or whoever was the announcer this woman she had to try to dance and try to do pumpkin facts and fill time i mean she was like just working her ass off so that this guy could race his damn pumpkin and he never i bet he was so pissed but then she said after that the race was like 30 seconds yeah of course kenny i think people do this stuff though just because of cell phones right they know they're going to get attention everybody's vomit everybody's going to see what they're doing because you can see it on facebook twitter instagram tiktok snapchat News stories, YouTube. That's why they do it. Yeah, it's called a reg- pumpkin regatta. Really? Wow. Give us some of this story, John. Of course, it's coming from Anoka, right? The Halloween capital of the world. It, it is. Uh, before I do that, I did look up the boat thing, too. The world's record, in case you're wondering. Uh, one guy went 38 miles. In, his pumpkin uh, in a pumpkin. <laughs> in a pumpkin boat. Okay. And he's he's not official yet, but Guinness is looking at it to see uh, to make sure it's okay. Mm-hmm. But right now the record is held by Rick Swenson, who paddled from Grand Forks, North Dakota, to Oslo, Minnesota, 25 miles. But it's thought that this fella's thing will be it once Guinness verifies. It would be one of John's people. What else better do of they course. have to do? Yeah. Was this an episode of Gilligan's Island? <laughs> <laughs> trying to get back to the main run? Right. Or was this something uh, those uh, the the acid junkies who created Puffin stuff or snuff? Oh, or, no. This sounds like something that would be on that cartoon. Did you ever see that one as a kid? H&R Puffin stuff? H&R yeah, yeah. Puffin yeah. stuff. I think it's a little too old for me, but I do yeah. know of it. Yeah, right. it's like a drug-filled... Yeah, yeah, it's to- it's a, like a trip. Yeah. yeah, it's like a trip. Right in my wheelhouse. Uh, the one you're talking about, Kenny, uh, this pumpkin has a name. Which will of make course. you even happier, I'm oh, sure. Oh, no. The largest pumpkin in North America is a 2,560-pound gourd named Maverick. It was grown in Minnesota. Travis Ginger of Anoka confirmed that his prize plant, the Big Pumpkin, had set a new North American record at the 2022 Safeway World Championship Pumpkinway, a Pumpkinway that was held in Half Moon Bay, California. Now, here's another reason they do it. Uh, Ginger is now a two-time winner. He takes home $23,040 in prize. Uh, 23000 Uh-huh. I would like to know what, how oh, this is like this dad uh, insurance com- commercial. Don't turn yeah. into your parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to know what his overhead was on raising that uh, pumpkin. Seriously. Because it, it, yeah. it had to cost him at least $1,000 to raise this thing. But I didn't realize there was that kind of money involved. Why don't you do it, Kenny? Just because a lot of people say face their fears. You know, if you have something that you hate, just get right into it and just do it. Here's what I'm going to do. You can legally bait deer. Oh. Um, you you can't place you things can't? out. Th- yeah, you can't place things out there, but you can grow things. And uh, this year I have a field of turnips. And the deer are coming from a hundred miles away to eat these they turnips. They each other. Yeah, and, and they say, uh, "Did you hear about the guy in Anoka who raised a big pumpkin <laughs> while they're eating gonna... turnips?" So what you do is a, a friend of mine is doing this with pumpkins, and right before it freezes and stays frozen, you go out there with your car or a big hammer or something, and you drive them over so you smash them up, because once they freeze, I guess the deer won't eat them. Um, but it's it's a legal way to bait deer. Huh. Yeah. I thought. Well, what about salt licks? Yeah, but that that's old school. But you, you can do you can do salt licks. That's too. fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but don't get me wrong. I love pumpkins, and the roommate uh, grows them. She grows these 
edible kind. They only grow to about the size of a basketball, mm-hmm. uh, and they're delicious. I mean, we eat pumpkin pie year-round because of that. Does she do anything mm-hmm. else with them besides pie? Well, she shoves them up my... Um, no. What the hell <laughs> is going on today? Well, speaking of that, do you guys... Uh, I'll pick a small speaking state of that. to offend. Okay, Rhode Island, yes. Well, I'm going to go with Kentucky. Oh, do you that's know, big. Do you know why they love Halloween in Kentucky? No. Oh, God. Well, because they can pump can and not get in trouble. Oh! <laughs> oh! Well, I think that exhausts our pumpkin talk, does it not? Pumpkin story story time is over. Oh, no. Uh, Uh, Kenny, I'll give you one guess who told uh, Ross that joke. Alexis Thompson. Yeah, my dad. Yeah, my pops. Dad. I was going to say, I heard that joke 50 years ago. I hope it was somebody you're related to. (laughs) Let's pull the room. Who's uh, Who's seen Purple Rain? Yeah, well, yeah, we hope everyone. Yeah. When's the last time you saw it? Oh, goodness. I think I watched it like 10 years ago on TV when I was maybe uh, a little uh, V-hung, as the kids would say. Very hung? hungover. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. V-hung. <laughs> worried me for a minute. Yeah, I was. Like, just, what is like, that? We're venereal? working blue. Yeah, we're working blue <laughs> here. I was going to give you a hey now. Hey now. No, that's not true. That's not true. Say it is. Um, <laughs> just go with it. I challenge everybody listening to watch Purple Rain again. Okay. And I know you haven't watched it in years. It, uh, it doesn't really hold up. I mean, okay. The music, of course, obviously fantastic. Uh, the stage stuff, all right. The script on, awful. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. acting, even worse. Uh, and just, a, it's kind of a piece of crap. Uh-oh. But I, lo- I love Prince. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, not going to hammer on Prince. But it's the best thing about the movie for me, and again, I'm turning into my parents, was the scenery from the early 80s of Minneapolis. The, oh, the way cool. the city looked, the yes. cars we were driving, everything about it, sitting there trying to figure out where that was filmed and where that was, that was really neat. And for me, Morris Day, who sure. I thought yeah. was the yeah. star yeah. of that movie. Yeah. That was, it oh. was so outrageous. Morris was so outrageous that I thought he was delightful. Yeah. yeah. Any you- movie that was filmed in Minnesota or is from Minnesota, I will always watch for the same reason you just said, Kenny. And yeah. particularly in like the eighties and the nineties, because the nineties, it's kind of fun because I was I was finally at that age where you remember almost everything. Yeah. So mm-hmm. any any movie from that time frame I love for that exact same reason. I forgot that Apollonia took her shirt off. When she did it, I was not I wasn't ready for it. I'm like, Whoa, girl, you just took your shirt off. And she Jumped into this dirty, crusty, gross backwater of the Minnesota River. Oh, uh, you know that's that's you have to. Uh, yeah. What's what's the line? You have to initiate your body. Uh, something something in the oh, waters of Lake. Purify your body purify, in the waters you know, of Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, so she t- takes her shirt off and her pants off and jumps into this muddy, gross backwater. And then she comes running out, and you can see all the mud swirling, and it's oh my, oh my god, god. It was I don't gross. like that part. That's <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Oof. You know um, who knows about all the filming locations? It could do a tour for you um, if you know who Rocco Bonello is. If you're listening, he works for My Talk. He's the production director and also on the Don and Steve show. He can take you to every filming place. That would be a for fun that s- movie. Or, For Purple Rain, okay. yeah. He's a huge Prince fan. He can take you to the exact part of the water? The backwater? I don't know about that. Yeah, no, uh, everybody knows. that good of friends. Uh, you know, if I've said uh, it before, I'll say it a thousand times. Don't go in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I, I was setting that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> that could be a cool side hustle. I'd probably do that. I'd sign up for that, too. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we, were, we were watching this thing, and we were just guffawing at some of the lines and the really bad acting, and it was just ridiculous. But watched it all the way through and still love Prince no matter what. And, you know, that Purple Rain song, is that his best song? It's got to be. Hmm. Well, that's going to be a big... I didn't mean to cause you any problem. It's It's so good. Yeah, There might be others I like better, but it's a great song. Lady Cab Driver? 
That's the one. That's the song that initially uh, opened me up to Prince. I heard that. And I was like, "Who is this dirty bastard? I need more." My first gig in radio, I worked for a station that every Friday was called Free for All Friday. It was all request all day from like six a.m. to eleven p.m. and it was awful. But every week, I had the same songs that people would request, and one of them was always. One gentleman would always call up. His name was Jaron Winner. If he's listening, Jared. thanks for bugging me every Friday, Jar. He would always request when doves he's not cry. Listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> when doves cry. And I think he didn't even like the song. He just thought it was annoying, so he wanted to annoy everybody. Oh. <laughs> I remember getting the tape when I was in seventh grade. Yeah. And um, boy, we used to dress up. I was so in love with Prince. Yeah. And I would get like an outfit with purple in it with like legging um, stirrup pants. You know what those are? Of course I do. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Girls yeah. used to wear them. They have, you know. Yeah. And then like we would, my friend Alicia and I would play the record and then we would take pictures like just like posing like cute, like, oh, hand on the hip. <laughs> You yeah. know, just really innocent. Oh, like, I'd love uh, to see these pictures. Yeah, I have one somewhere. See, Kenny, yeah. I will post this, and then we'll have people comment on Dawn. If I <laughs> but, ha- that is- but I have to go to my storage unit to find it, and I'm not doing that. Well, we can give, give away, away more prizes. Yeah, give it away. <laughs> that's true. Please help me. And, and if you post that, Ross, that's charming and delightful, not embarrassing You're and charming and delightful, Kenny. Ah. Uh. Don't go into the water, says Don. Yeah, don't go into the water. If I've said it before, I'll say it a thousand times. Don't go in the water. I had to fight. Florida man survives in a swamp for three days after losing an arm to an alligator. Eric Murda had just finished a maintenance job for his sprinkler company when he decided to spend a few days at the Manatee Fish Camp in Micah City, Florida. Uh, pronounce this for me, M-Y-A-K-K-A. Micah? Yeah, that's Micah. what I'm going with. He was swimming for almost three hours in the lake. No, here's where I, immediately I'm suspicious. What? He was what? swimming for almost three hours in the lake, trying to get back to his van after getting lost. No, this is a nightmare. <laughs> no. Poor guy. No. That's when he looked over and saw the eye of the alligator. Dun, dun, dun. The 43-year-old Florida man panicked and tried escaping, but a nearly seven-foot alligator grabbed a hold of his forearm and would not let go. They went under. Then again, three times the gator tried to drown him. A bone poking out of his arm, Murda swam back to the shore, bleeding and scared to death. He was almost ready to give up. Turn the page. I was like, man, I've got nothing to live for. Let's just lay here and die. The hell with it, Murda said. I can't figure out why I wouldn't give up. I'm not a quitter. I couldn't do it. Murda spent the next three days trying to find help as flies swarmed the open wound on his right arm. He would survive by eating flowers and drinking handfuls of the muddy lake water. He followed power lines trying to get out of the swamp. Most nights he slept in water three inches deep. He finally made it to a barbed wire fence where he found a bystander was able to call for help. The emergency responders cut a hole in the fence, got him into the helicopter to transport him to the the hospital. It was then that the pain really hit, Murda said, as the adrenaline wore off and reality set in. He began screaming at the top of his lungs. Three days later, he began screaming at the top of his lungs. I could see the pain in everybody's eyes around me. He said, they actually asked somebody to shut me up at one point. Oh. Two months later, Murda said the biggest readjustment has been dealing with the finances. He had to sell his van. Well, did you mean he found it again? Yeah, exactly. Right, because it seems like he's. Are we done with this yet? Uh, and they go on and on and talk about how, um, you know, he's fighting his way back and it's an inspirational story and blah, 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 blah. But. I got to say, I got some problems with this story. Me too. Yeah. What do you think? Lost in a lake, can't find your way back. Number one, three days with a bone sticking out of your arm. In water yeah. that's going to get infected. How do you not bleed out? Yeah, that was yeah. my thought. How do you and not bleed this out? This is question. the only witness to this is him, and he's making yeah. himself sound like a hero. Yeah. Maybe he just... 
yeah. was doing some drugs out in the swamp and Thank he you. just, yeah. you know, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, Got happy with a saw or some stupid things. Something yeah. embarrassing. Oh my God. Or he was burying a body. What's his name again? Eric Murda. I got to see a picture of him. M E R D A. Yeah, he looks like you'd expect, Dylan. Really? Is he? And Kenny, I think your accent wasn't very good. I think it'd be more like this. More like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think he uh, could he have lived in the trailer park with Ricky and Bubbles? Uh, oh, he's for sure Trevor's I, I like so, yeah. next friend. Water <laughs> story number two. Oh, for oh, that was number one. For sake. When a Brazilian man set out for a three-day fishing trip in early August, he expected to get back with a freezer full of fish. Instead, he spent 11 days floating in the freezer in the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) It's like James and the Giant Peach. (laughs) What's his name? Uh, Romaldo Macedo Rodriguez. Romaldo in the Giant Freezer. (laughs) Was forced to use the freezer as a vessel when his boat sank off the coast of northern Brazil. Oh, I was desperate. I thought my end was coming, but thank God. God gave me one more chance, Rodriguez told CNN. I saw the freezer wasn't sinking. I jumped in it. It fell to one side, but kept normal. Despite being a fisherman, Rodriguez said he could not swim. The freezer kept him from drowning, but for days and days, he floated alone in the Atlantic, reportedly with no food, no water, hoping for rescue. Mm. At one point, sharks were circling him. I'm sure. There are questions surrounding how exactly he managed to survive without water for, for so long. For over three days. Yeah, see? I'm not buying it. Sharks Both of were, these guys are best friends. Right. Sharks were surrounding <laughs> the freezer, but they went away. I thought I'd be attacked, he continued. I'd stayed on top of the freezer. I didn't sleep. I didn't oh. sleep. I saw the dawn, the dust, asking God to send someone to rescue him. After a week, though, a week. He fully expected to die in the freezer, but eventually and incredibly, another group of fishermen ran into the freezer off the coast of Suriname, a small country to the north of uh, Brazil. I'm positive I'm pronouncing that wrong. Suriname. Suriname, thank you. I heard a noise, and there was a boat on top of the freezer, uh, only they thought there was nobody there. Then they slowly pulled over. My vision was already fading. Then I said, my God, the boat. I raised my arms and asked for help. Uh, Are we buying this one, McLean? I feel bad. Like, I feel like I, so I wish I was a better person and I believed these people. We all do. No, we've all been jaded by liars. So when something actually happens to somebody that is true, nobody ever believes it. It's all the boys that cried wolves. Here's what this joke Oh, it's always boys, huh? Not women? It's booze. Here's what he did. As a joke, he, he pushed a freezer out, hopped into it. Thought he was going to just have some fun off the shore. Riptide pulled him out, and this is what happened. And he was gone, I'm going to say, for eight hours tops, right? <laughs> well, and then to cover his embarrassment, he created this incredible story. You can't live like that's just a scientific fact, right? At, Without water for like five days would be the absolute maximum. Do you think he, so he Rosie Ruized his uh, survival story? Rosie Ruiz. (laughs) Who's this lady? She uh, ran the Boston, she ran or won the Boston Marathon, but only ran like a half a mile. That's right. She popped out of the bushes and had a number on and she (laughs) just ran like 30 yards or something. John, do you have the Google out? Let's nail down how long you can live without water. 11 days. I was literally just typing that. Yeah. Literally, I hate Thank it when God. people say that. Literally, literally, I was just typing that. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> About three days. As a general rule, a person yeah. can survive without water for three days. However, some factors, such as how much water an individual body needs and how it uses water, can affect this. Factors that may change how much water uh, you need include uh, many, including age and several others. John, you're so smart. Don, you don't know it, but when you were on vacation, I hope you turned in your time for this show because we aired you you so much that we think you deserve to be paid. Oh, good, because I did record, what, like eight minutes at least of little phrases? Oh, yeah, yeah, we used a lot of them. Good, I'm glad. I I felt bad about being gone for so long. There's nothing I could do about it, but...
Okay. Oh, um, anyway. We're plowing through stories. I got rid of the smoking, uh, Florida man. <laughs> I'm so glad you're prepared. Um, do we care about a headline from last week, cashing in on going cashless? How do you guys feel about uh, not having cash anymore? Places that don't accept cash at all as an option, you have to have a card. Are you guys okay with that? I'm annoyed by it, but I can adjust because I always have yeah. a card with me. But I, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. One way care. or the other. I, yeah. I was surprised to think s- of the apocalypse. Go on. Yeah, I was just surprised to see that we've already got all the stadiums that don't accept cash. Yeah. Did you know this? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, the twins send you to a reverse ATM machine. I did not know that. What do you mean, Don? Story. What do you mean you think of the apocalypse? Okay. End times? <laughs> yes. I'm like, what will be money? Let's get our microchips, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because I brought back from Europe. I wanted to make sure and get some money with the queen on it. Right. So I was sure. delighted in the airport, even though we were in Ireland and not Northern Ireland, because Ireland is not a part of the UK. Right. So they yeah. have their own currency, um, which is the euro. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because of Brexit, you know, I, I thought I wasn't going to be able to get it, but I got a 20, a 20, basically. And then in, I saved euros. I saved Swiss francs. And I put them in my, you know, strong box. I have about $60 in foreign money. And I just thought about, like, what if at the end when things start happening, because that's always on my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, what if this will be valuable? What if this will turn into, what if it will be worth nothing? Either way, I have it. <laughs> Don's going to be using. And that's the extent of my thoughts. Don's on using foreign money as currency, and I'm using baseball cards. Wait a baseball minute. cards, cigarettes. Like, wait a minute. I I think you're really onto something, and I hadn't considered this. We did a number of shows about living through apocalypse, and I don't think we did. We talk about what we were going to use for currency. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of did. did. It was it was trading stuff. Was basically yeah. what we talked about. Oh right. Yeah. I mean, so. Should we have currency? Should we be stockpiling currency for that reason? Probably not. Because that would be the hope that the the system would come back alive. I mean, the things that are going to be important. Sorry for all the people that are not for guns, (laughs) but ammunition is going to be a big thing. I am not saying to stockpile ammunition. Once again, I am not saying that. It's not about how many guns you have. It's about how much ammunition you have. And I have some. I have a lot, and it's all almost all of it is accidental. It's just accumulated. And now you find it like magic pennies on the. No, it's just you know you you need a you need like say a box of shells, so you go buy uh, half a case of shells. It's one of those things, and like oh, this will last me for four years. And you do that a few times, not realizing you did it mm-hmm. last year, and it's just, and then twenty-two ammo, and then two, two, three, and it just goes on and on and on. And next thing you know, you've got all this ammo, and then somebody passes away, and you get all of his ammo, and then somebody retires, mm-hmm. and then yeah. get all, and next it's thing like, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like me with condiments. When I go to the store, I forget if I have. <laughs> mustard and I buy another mustard. I didn't think no. you were going to say condiments there. Yeah, I, yeah. she's taking a hard turn here. Yeah. She's taking a turn. <laughs> leading us. Okay. Yeah. We all thought <laughs> none of us thought the ends part was you know coming what? out of your mouth. But you know what? That is actually brilliant because that kind of activity is going to have to continue. But who's going to want to have babies? And after the apocalypse, mm, I don't think so because so maybe you got to keep that thing quiet if the enemy's around, right? Do I think like a soldier from nineteen twenty? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with me? Am I in a past life? Was I in World War One? You might have been. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so maybe you should be stockpiling that. I huh? don't have any. I don't yeah. have any bullets or any guns. Oh, I thought you were talking condoms. Oh, condoms. (laughs) What? Were we ever talking about condoms? Well, we we all thought you were going to. No, who cares about condoms? Um, Um, Don't take that out of context. (laughs) People certainly should care about condoms. I I think I just found a new Dawn drop to use. (laughs) I'm going to write that down and write a song to that. Who cares about condoms? please. Please. Will you give it to me for Christmas? And when I mean give it to me, I mean the song. (laughs) 
guys are killing, you're killing me. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, two more stories, and I think we're going to ignore them. Birthplace of Minneapolis burns again. I thought for sure Such would talk about this. Dawn, um, have you been to Minnehaha Falls? Park? Yes, it's dried up. Yeah, there, and that's happened before. It's it not has? The first, oh, yeah, many okay. times. Uh, but there's a house on the south side of that park, on the south side of the falls, called the John H. Stevens House. It was originally uh-huh. downtown Minneapolis. I've it's, been there. It's burned three times this fall. This and fall? No, yeah, and nobody seems to give a rip but Kenny Olson. Well, how did the fire start? No, exactly. Nobody goes in there. It's exactly. not open to the public, is it? No. No, it's a closed... And it's a historic, and it's the birthplace, one of the first buildings, stick, in, uh, stick building... Uh, of this area, and it's burned, and nobody seems to give a rat's Is ass. it gone? Everybody cares about crime. Everybody cares about taxes. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I say save the John H. Stevens house. That's Is it still there? Should we? Yeah, it's oh, there, but it's damaged. John? This, the mission of this show, let's create a volunteer sign-up where 24-7 around the clock, we're all taking shifts, watching the house. We got buckets of water. We have protection, not that type of protection, Don. But we're taking care of the house. What do you I'm think, telling Kenny? You, Ross, no, Ross, I'm telling you, that won't happen. What's going to happen is the city is going to get sick of this, and they're going to raise it. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, yep. and our history is going to be gone. Wait a minute, raise it. What does that mean? Get rid R-A-Z-E. of it. Move it. Get rid of it. Oh, Tear it. it down. Okay. Well, yeah. I want to get in there and find out what ghost is setting fire to the inside. Oh, I had not thought about that, Amy. Henry Sibley. I've always assumed it was dumb kids. Um, explain really? to Don who Henry Sibley I don't was, know who that Ross. is. Uh, just a, a Minneapolis. Uh, you go with founder? I don't know. He's just prominent in Minneapolis. <laughs> Henry right? Sibley. Close, I know a guy named Nick Sibley who has a recording studio. Is it his brother Henry Sibley? <laughs> yeah, you know what? How far off was I, Kenny? Was that close? close enough? Nah, not really, Ross. Well, tell me, Tell me about him. Uh, no. Oh, he's um, getting mad now. Henry Hastings Sibley. He had a high school named after him, but we took that away, I think, right? I see that. A high school. I think they changed that, yeah. Oh, I lived across from Sibley Park, which, by the way, is featured in a Walls commercial right now, as is Everett's Foods. Anyway. Um, Wait a minute. Who, which Henry Sibley is it? It's one of the, it's the first one. He started out as a fur the, trader. Oh, okay. Henry governor. Hastings Sibley. Yeah. Yeah. First governor of Minnesota. I always look at their picture to see if they were hot. Was he? Mm, well, he's older, so he's old. I can't yeah. tell. <laughs> you're not into dudes with beards either. I sure I am. No, you're you not. Sh- you're I've sh- heard you say it. No, I. I I mean I've. Uh, never mind. Kenny sounds offended. No, oh, no, I've no, dated and guys with big beards. Yeah. No, I don't care. Don can have. You should have opinion. seen the lumberjack guy I dated before I moved here. He was that... like six, six, and had a big red beard. Was he a stripper? No, no, he was just a really nice hippie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, John he is used sitting to climb on a... trees. Oh, and that kind of turned me off. It made me a little embarrassed when we go to the park. Oh, wait, so what? You'd go to a park, and the next thing you know, he's up in a tree? He's like, yeah, look, because he could reach up to the branch. <laughs> and he would just randomly climb He'd trees? he climbing it, and I'm, I'd be like, um. What do I do? He's like, come on up here. And I'm like, I can't reach. He's come like, I'll lift up. you up. And I'm like, I think you're high. I don't feel like we should be doing this. <laughs> what was this? What was the biblical story about the guy that climbed the tree, and Jesus told him to come down. Yeah, I don't know that I one, don't know I don't think. One. Is that in Maccabees or some Old Testament story? No, there's a whole story around. I don't, e- I don't think it's a parable either. I think it was a real story. Okay. We're quickly running out of time. John, remember about a month ago I told you to save California will add human composting to its burial yes. options? Yeah. Uh, are you guys okay with that? Instead of coffins and, and all of that, we're just going to let the bodies pile up and rot? Luke. Luke. 19. Luke 19. Zacchaeus? Yeah, I got it too. Zacchaeus. It's, it's not Zacharias. Is, no, no, there's no that's R. A, no, that's a Amish name. Anyway, that's his name, Zacchaeus. Something about Zacchaeus come down from the tree, something, something, yeah. something. Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home, Jesus said. 
You guys in Catholic school or Catholic oh, church, you didn't. I do remember this because he wanted to see Jesus. He because Jesus was coming to visit and he wanted a good look at him. (laughs) So he climbed a a tree. Yeah, I'm still Uh, trying to process what you said, Kenny. What did he say? The dead bodies just composting. We don't have time. Yeah, we're all over the map here. Uh, California will begin allowing alternative burial methods known as human composting in 2027 under a bill signed by the governor. Uh, a state regulatory process. I should have get that Dawn pre-reading comment ready, Ross. Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll go find um, that. A method which a human remains naturally deco- decompose after a 30 to 45 day. Anyway, the whole point of me bringing this up is use coffins, people. Don't just drop grandma into a four-foot hole and hope for the best. Uh, Pile rocks over it like you're on the the uh, bleeping Oregon Trail. Yeah. What yeah. state has more unsolved murders than California? Like, this is not good. This is bad for... Right. Oh, it's Missouri. Oh. (laughs) No. That's a big one. I'm a little delayed here because I forgot what I labeled it. Are you reading that directly from the article that you did not (laughs) pre-read? Don, he he used that like three times a show when you were gone. I didn't remember I recorded that. That was so awesome. You know what I think of from one of the best movies ever, Lincoln, with my guy Daniel Day-Lewis during the Civil War when they're they're dumping all the body parts and Mm -hmm. just covering them up. I I randomly will think about that when I'm in fields of, you know, a couple hundred years ago, did they bury dead bodies? Well, the reason they go six feet down is because the critters will dig them up. I mean, that smell permeates through the ground, and that's why on the Oregon Trail that they threw rocks over them if the rocks were available because, you know, the critters come along and they smell, uh, Mm. you know, dead grandma smells pretty damn good to them. Can I um, promote my Halloween event at the Lexington before we leave? Oh, you're doing that again. Yeah, did I talk about it last week? No, you talked about it last year. Okay, so we are doing the thing at the Lexington. We investigated the Lexington again. This is something we do every year. And then there's uh, two nights where you can book tickets. It's 75 bucks, but you do get some drinks and some food along with it. And then we review all the evidence. We show you evidence that we've gotten throughout the years and this year and what we found at the Lexington, which I will say I got a very clear voice in one of the rooms that we've never gotten a voice, and I'm so stoked mm. about it. Cool. What is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't know. Go to Eventbrite and search the Lexington restaurant. You will find a competitor who's doing it the next weekend. What? Yeah, they had to, we couldn't do two weekends, so they got somebody else as well. But I love it's Dave Schrader. He's a very famous now from Minnesota, Darkness Radio. Is he legit? Oh, yeah, he is. He's a great guy. He used to be on our team like a million years ago. Okay. But, you know, he has TV shows on the Travel Channel. Like, he is a premier ghost hunter. Yeah, he's a big deal. He's the Diana Ross of your team, huh? He broke away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is back when our team had like 100 members. Oh, I see. Like in 2006. Um, I heard that. Oh, boy. (laughs) Anyway, Eventbrite, the Lexington restaurant, click on Paranormal Cocktail Party. And get your tickets because they'll sell out. Please. I need a lot of crabby people there. The last thing I need, Dawn, for as much as I love you, is to be a little buzzed and then ghosts are messing with me. (laughs) Really? I mean, we just play evidence. Uh, It's from the actual place that you're sitting, too. So you get to think about that. Cool. And then the owners usually take people on little tours. You get to go downstairs. Like, he'll show you the most haunted room. He'll take you. I don't think they take you in the office or anything, but yeah, you get to go downstairs in the kitchen and stuff. Say that again one more time, because every time we talk about your paranormal stuff, people always comment about, we need more of this from Dawn. So I actually do believe some, some crabbies may sign up for this and go to it. I hope so. Please come because, and tell me that you listen to the crabby coffee shop. Go to, so the, I think that the, their website is still under construction. So the best way to find it, Eventbrite. Okay, and then search for the Lexington restaurant, and you'll see Paranormal Cocktail Party. And it's the 22nd and 23rd, which is coming up very soon. It's a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, that's not this weekend, but next weekend. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So we'll be showing stuff like video we got from other places we've been, and in addition to that, like our methodology and our equipment, and we'll be doing some live, like, 
experimental stuff. Cool. With people. It's a lot of fun. Would it, would it help to uh, pregame this? Well, okay. It depends on how you feel about because it's it's like a three hour thing. Mm. About an hour you get to eat and drink and stuff. I wouldn't I wouldn't pregame it. Just drink Not there. Not even some of those legal Minnesota gummies. Oh no, that would be great, actually. <laughs> that would be great. That would actually great. That'd be great. That'd be uh, yeah. I mean if Dude. you if you get antsy though and you don't want to stick around and you're too messed up by the end of it. Yeah. You know, because we save the best till last, so you know. And then we have questions, and people will annoy you if you're high. Whoops, did I say that? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, if you're like, shut up to other people. We don't want some hooligans doing that. But people, I'm start... like that when I'm not high. So if you get too drunk, it also is disruptive to us. Yeah. I hate to sound like a yeah. teacher, but then people start talking a lot while we're trying right. to present. So just get a little, know your limits. Yeah. Just something to take the edge off. And like I said, 75 bucks, but it's well worth it because it's something that you don't see all the I'm, time. I wish I could have gone last year. This yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. It really is. Really cool. It is. Eventbrite, the Lexington Restaurant, Paranormal Cocktail Party. If you go to my Instagram, I also have a post there about it. All right. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to do real show prep for next week because I uh, I used Exhausted up all everything. of our, Yeah, all of our backstories that have been piling up. Over the months, we uh, we blew through them today. Uh, thank you for listening, and as usual, we're sorry. Thanks for listening to News from the Krabby Coffee Shop. New episodes drop every week wherever you get your podcasts. Ross is the best. Ross is the best. Ross is the best. <laughs> For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.